Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt and I'm the host of this Disney theme parks news podcast. This is episode 22 for the week of November 25th, 2018. Well, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. It was uh, ate way too much food, but I saw a lot of uh, family, saw a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a long time. It was, it was a, a very good weekend, um, but now it's time to try to get back into the, the healthy eating. <laughs> uh, I think I had a little too much apple and pumpkin pie, but yeah, time to uh, time to start off the week right, right guys? So so last week I, uh, I dropped my first uh, interview with a cast member and I really hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. I've heard a lot of great feedback. Uh, it was so nice hearing all the, the, great, the great comments and how much you guys like it. So I'm excited to bring you another episode of that next week or this upcoming week. Um, so again, I, I dropped it on Tuesday last week due to the holiday, but every week it will be released on Wednesday evenings. So you should have that for like your morning commute on Thursday. So, so yeah, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I'm really excited to bring, to bring you more episodes. So this week's uh, new show, well, it's, it's definitely a lot slower than it was last week. Last week, there was just tons and tons of information that just dropped and, and due to the holiday, there were. And do all the uh, the events that happened last week. There really wasn't too much news this week, so it might be a little bit of a shorter show. Um, but I, I, I do uh, have some questions from other uh, from for some of you listeners, and then I have uh, I want to do like this week in Disney history. Uh, but yeah, for for some of the news, we have a, a, some awesome things coming out of Disneyland, and just like a few quick updates coming from Walt Disney World. So why don't we just jump right into it and begin this week's episode of the XS Press Podcast. Last week we had spent a lot of time over at the Walt Disney World Resort. We had a little bits and pieces of information from the Disneyland Resort, mostly regarding the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge news. Um, so this week we are we we got a few new uh, news items coming from Disneyland, which is they're actually really cool. 
Um, so I'm excited to talk about them on today's show. So the first news item is that uh, if you want to visit Disneyland Resort in early 2019, they have a special limited time ticket offer. Uh, it's going to be $70 per day uh, for a ticket. So um, how it works is if you purchase a three-day one park per ticket, uh, it, it's going to come out to $70 per day. So the ticket offer also includes Morning Magic, uh, Morning Magic, or sorry, Magic Morning, uh, which is a early morning admission option to the Disneyland Park, uh, and that happens on select mornings. So it's pretty much the same as early magic hours over at the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, so you can purchase the, the ticket offer. It's available today, uh, and it's used between visits. Uh, it's used for visits between January 7th and May 23rd of 2019. They do have blockout dates of April 14th to the 22nd, and that's because of uh, Easter and spring breaks and all that stuff. Uh, they also have four and five day ticket options available, uh, as well as park hop it, uh, park hopper tickets as well. And you could book through this through all the way through May 18th of 2019. Uh, and then if you're also looking to stay over at the Disneyland Resort, guests can save up to a 25% uh, on premium rooms and 20% on standard rooms over at the Grand California Hotel and the Disneyland Hotel. And then you can save up to 10% on most rooms at the Paradise Pier Hotel. Uh, and again, so you can do all of this. Uh, be it begins... Um, oh, sorry. So those discounts are for uh, Sunday through Thursday nights on between January 6th and April 11th. So, it's yeah, it's a bit different. So, um, so yeah, this, this ticket is actually pretty awesome. So how the pricing works is, so like I said, it's a three-day, one-park-per-day ticket. Uh, so that would bring a total to $210 for a three-day ticket, which is actually really, it's a really good price. Um, I would totally do this. If you want to include max pass to that three-day, one-park-per-ticket, it's $240. Uh, if you were to make it a park hopper ticket for the three day, it's $260. And if you do max pass on top of the park hopper, it's $290. So if you want to get it with all the fixins, the, the park hopper and the max pass, it's $290. Uh, and I, to me, that's actually a, a really good deal. Uh, Disneyland one day tickets are pretty expensive. I went for a solo day. Uh, what was it? I went for it last October. I went for one day by myself and I remember I think I, w I paid like $110. I forget. It w I just remember it being pretty expensive and then I bought the Max Pass on top of it. So I think if you're looking to book, if you're looking to go to Disneyland for for early 2019, like I would totally do this ticket. I mean, what I they, they do have four-day options and five-day options, but to me, I think the... Th a three-day ticket is all you need at the Disney parks or at the Disneyland Resort. Um, I think that gives you enough time to see everything. What I would actually recommend is I would actually get all the fixings. So what I would do is I would get the three-day park hopper ticket with the Max Pass, which would cost $290. I think the park hopper ticket is phenomenal. I The entrances to each of the parks, the Disneyland 
uh, to Disneyland and California Adventure. They're right across the from each other. Like you only have to walk 50 feet to to one park to the next. Uh, my wife and I we took a trip here in 2014, and that's what we did. We stayed at the Paradise Pier Hotel, which was great, and we were in walking distance to the parks and. It was nice if we wanted to leave Disneyland, we can walk over to the Grand, the to the California Adventure. We could walk right right over there. So I, I really think the Park Hopper ticket is good for this instance. Um, and then the Max Pass. The Max Pass is if you don't know what it is, I've talked about it on previous shows, but it's essentially the Fast Pass. So the Disneyland still works differently, where you get paper tickets for your Fast Passes. Uh, you do have to go to like the the kiosk at the at the rides, but with the Max Pass, you can do it all on your phone, similar to how the uh, to how Walt Disney World works, where you can book your tickets. But you can only book the the Fast Passes on the day of. So on my solo trip last year, for when I was just at Disneyland for one day, I used Max Pass, and it was so worth it. I got so much done. I was able to do everything I needed. I booked as many as I could. So what I would do is I would book my first pass, fast pass. I would use it and then just book another one and just keep booking and booking another one. It's it's really it's really really great. Um, so I I think this this ticket package is fantastic. I think it's really it it really is worth the ticket price. So again, if you if you're thinking about maybe going to California in uh, in early next year and wanting to go to Disneyland, I think this is a good price. Uh, and like I said, they do have four and five day ticket options as well. But I think the three day park hopper with max passes would be a good deal to use. So those those are my opinions. Uh, take it as uh, you wish. But uh, but yeah, so the Disneyland Resort is, is small enough where you can do it in three days. Uh, so the next piece of news item, which is coming to the Disneyland Resort, um, and I'm really jealous that I won't be able to do this because I really want to, but uh, they had announced two Disneyland After Dark events, and they're pretty much uh, special after-hours uh, park experiences uh, that will have unique entertainment, specialty foods, collectible merchandise, and more. So it's returning in 2019 with two new events. So they have Sweetheart Nights on February 7th and 90s Night on March 7th. Uh, so both events will be taking place at the Disneyland Park after closing. Uh, and you will be able to get into the parks as early as 6 p.m. Uh, and then uh, after the park closes, select attractions will remain open exclusively just for event guests. So uh, I'm going to start with the details for the Sweethearts Nights. So the happiest place on earth will transform into the uh, into the most romantic on February 7th and love will certainly be in the air. So make sure you uh, you dress to impress uh, with your sweetheart. So some of the event details what we have are there will be rare character ex encounters. Uh, you'll be able to mix and mingle and meet with iconic Disney couples during the delightful love fest. So I'm very interested to see which popular couples will be there. Throughout Disney part, uh, throughout the Disney history, I wonder if what kind of rare characters they'll have. So I'm interested to see that. Uh, and then there will be um, photographers that take all your pictures with all with new backdrops. Uh, there will be uh, 
include that we'll have uh, Ariel Ariel's and Eric's moonlit uh, robe oh, I can't speak today <laughs> it will have Ariel's and Eric's moonlit rowboat ride it will have the lantern scene from Tangled as well as Aladdin and Jasmine's Mar- magic carpet ride and more uh, there will be music and dancing so uh, there'll be uh, from what I saw there will be a ball where they'll have a guest can encounter uh, they can get into the groove with a live piano music. There will be DJ dance partings as well as a steel drum band. Uh, and then there's, of course, there's going to be plenty to eat. So there will be specialty menu items offered at certain quick service locations throughout the park. Uh, and there will be a lot of merchandise to be had. So there'll be plenty of specialty merchandise just for this event that you can only get there. And there will be a... Um, New nighttime show celebrating uh, Mickey Mouse. So I think it's it's called Mickey's Mix Magic. So I think it's going to be just the one that's always there. Uh, and then, of course, there will be after hours access to attractions. So you'll be able to go on Sto- It's a Small World, Storyland, Canal Boats, Space Mountain, and plenty more. I'm oh, sorry, Storybook Land Canal Boats. Uh, I think I missed the storybook part. <laughs> but um, yeah, then there will be keepsakes. So you'll get a souvenir lanyard, uh, credential, and event-specific guide maps. With um, And then you'll get complimentary PhotoPass digital downloads throughout the park as well. So that's pretty cool that they give you the, the digital downloads as well. Uh, and then, of course, make sure you dress up in an outfit that's inspired by your favorite Disney character. You don't have to dress up, but I, I think I would, it would be recommended for this event. I think that would be really cool. So that would be a fun event to do, but I'm actually more excited about the 90s night. So on March 7th, relive fond memories, uh, fond Disney memories, and party like it's the 90s. Come dressed in your 90s best attire and step back in time to experience it so there will be a lot of different events going on so there will be fireworks that you'll get to watch and there will be more photographers for this one they'll have throwback themed backdrops from popular 90s disney movies and tv shows there will be rare encounters um so it'll be part of a lot of the the cartoon shows from like the disney afternoons as well as the 90s feature films so i'm sure like darkwing duck will be there uh and a lot of other uh, probably like uh scrooge mcduck might be out from like ducktales and all these other shows from the 90s uh and then there will be uh entertainment so it will have pre y2k tunes uh as well as live performances um, and then it'll be, there will be a musical cruise on the Mark Twain Riverboat. Uh, and then there will be, of course, lots of swag that you can pick up. Uh, there's going to be an Indiana Jones Dakota card and Disney Afternoon Avenue stamp map. There will be inspired eats. So there will be 90 styles uh, menu items throughout the parks. Oh, I wonder what those are. Um, there will be lots of merchandise you can get, apparel, gifts, and other goodies. Uh, and again, you'll have uh, after hours access to the attractions. And then there will be keepsakes. So you will be receiving a commemorative fanny pack uh, as well as a themed guide map. Uh, and you also get complimentary photos pass digital downloads with each ticket. So, uh, And then make sure you dress up in your 90s best. So whether it's flannel or slap bracelets, scrunchies, whatever you think is the 90s. So... 
So yeah, so those two events are happening over at the Disneyland Park. I would love to go to 90s night. Uh, if anyone wants to go for me, please do and take lots of photos. Uh, I would love, yeah, that would be awesome to go to this event. But I'm not sure if I'll make it this year. Uh, so yeah, again, if the Sweetheart Nights is on February 7th, the 90s night is on March 7th, and that's in next year, 2019. Uh, so the party will begin at 9 p.m., and it goes until 1 a.m., but you'll be able to go into the Disneyland Park at 6 p.m. So that's a pretty pretty solid day or solid evening. Uh, it will be $99 per person, uh, and then if you're an annual pass holder, there are pre-sale tickets, uh, which will be available November 27th, and then general mission tickets are available November 28th. Uh, tickets for guests that are under age of three are not required. You can bring in the little kids. Uh, so this is a limited availability, so get it while supplies last. So that's it for the the um, the Disneyland news. Pretty awesome deals. I totally would recommend doing that ticket package that Disneyland is offering. And uh, if I could go to both of those event nights, I for sure would. I really want to check out 90s night. Uh, but real quick, we don't have much Walt Disney World news. There are just like a quick couple things. Nothing too crazy. Uh, if you're if you're going to the actually this one is also at the Disneyland Resort but if you're going to Disney Springs or the downtown Disney district in the Disneyland Resort uh, you can now experience Ralph breaks VR at the void uh, so it is Ralph breaks VR is now available I talked about it not too on one of my previous episodes I can't remember which one Um but I talked about how Ralph Breaks VR is a hyper-reality experience by ILM Lab and The Void, and it's based on the new Walt Disney Animation Studio films, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, and so it's a multi-sensory experience where you go in, put on your the big VR goggles and like other uh, equipment, and you walk around. Uh, so... And how the ride or how the experience works, there's teams of four. Uh, guests will join Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope Von Schweetz, and they'll break into the internet disguised as characters from the film uh, Netizens. Uh, and the guests will adventure their way through the Dunder, Dunder Dome and Pancake Milkshake Diner, and they will encounter a new antagonist named BEV, which stands for Built to Eradicate Viruses. So. Uh, I really want to check this out. So if um, if you want to do that, that is now available over at the downtown Disney District and Disney Springs and Walt Disney World. So that's available if you want to do that today. And then the last piece of news item we have this week, um, it's we're nothing too crazy, but uh, we found out the name for the new tower that's going at the Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, which is called the Grand Destino Tower. Uh, again, we, we talked about how it's going to have a total of 545 new guest rooms as well as 50 suites. Uh, there's a huge new lobby, which is where people go to check in to the Coronado uh, Springs Resort. Um, so it's, it's going to be opening in July 2019, but the one piece of news that we have is you can start making reservations for the tower beginning November 27th on the Walt Disney World website, or you can call 407-W-Disney or talk to your travel agent. So 
If you want to stay at this resort and be one of the first people to stay there, it is uh, available for making reservations on November 27th. So that's it for all the news today. I told you it was very little. There was not much to discuss. Uh, but I do want to bring you a few, uh, few things before we close out the show. So I'm just going to take a quick break. So if you want to just sit tight, I'm going to be right back. This week in Disney Parks history, uh, I usually bring this segment back when there's not usually a lot of news items. Uh, it's particularly a slow week, just like this one. So I have a few a few cool things that I wanted to share with you guys. So on November 19th, 1971, the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground uh, opened up at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, it was built right near Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's adjacent to Bay Lake, and it, when it opened, it also had Disney's River Country as well. Um, or, sorry, I should say it was just next to Disney's River Country. River Country opened up at a separate time. Uh, but, yeah, Fort Wilderness, if you don't know anything about it, it has lots and lots of cabins that you can stay at. It's usually good for, like, a family of four. Uh, I think we stayed there with, we had five, we had five members of my family. It was actually, it would all, will, will, will always hold a special place in my heart uh, because it's it was a, the very first resort that we stayed at when I was younger back in 1994 uh, so yeah it's always gonna be near and dear to me but yeah the Fort Wilderness Resort I'm not I'm not sure if I would stay at it again uh, there's just too many other resorts now that I would like to stay at and uh, frankly, I'm not sure if the cabins are just big enough anymore for the size of the or for the people that I usually go with. Uh, usually, I've been going in bigger groups lately, so who knows? Maybe I'll stay there again in the future. Maybe when I have kids, I'll bring them to the resort. But I'm not sure if I would ever camp that uh, camp camp there, though. I, I mean, I don't have an RV, but I don't know if I would want to really tent camp at Walt Disney World. I love tent camping. It's something I've did I've done my entire life growing up. I just don't know if I want to do it at Walt Disney World. But, anyways, uh, actually, if you've ever tent camped at Fort Wilderness, uh, just shoot me a comment and let me know. You can send it over to excesspresspodcast at gmail.com. I'm curious to know if anyone actually has tent camped over there. Uh, so again, the next uh, new piece of uh, not I shouldn't say news item, but the next piece we have here uh, again on November nineteenth in nineteen ninety. Uh, the Beach Club opened. So on episode 19, we actually talked about how the Yacht Club opened up on November 5th on, uh, in 1990. Well, just a few weeks later, the Beach Club opened up, uh, opened up and that resort resembles a Victorian Cape Cod uh, kind of era. Um, now, I've never stayed at the Yacht or Beach Club. I mean, I hear that it's great. Um, I won't say too much because it's kind of similar to what I said on a few episodes ago, but if you're staying there, they have Stormalong Bay, which uh, they they share that um, the pool. I heard that pool is just amazing. Uh, but yeah, the Beach Club, I I've never stayed at the Yacht Club. I've never stayed at. Um, there might be a chance I might stay at it sometime soon within the next year, depending on what I can get from from DVC points. 
but uh, it's yeah, it all depends. But if I'm curious, if you have a choice choice between yacht or beach club, which one would you choose? Again, just shoot me a comment or email. I would like to know which on which one you prefer. So the next thing we have, uh, which is actually kind of cool. So on November twenty, sorry, November twenty first in nineteen ninety four, two attractions opened up at the same day. So the first one was the Timekeeper, and now that was a attraction that had Circle Vision uh, three sixty, which was a just it was a three hundred and sixty film. I had audio animatronics and special effects, and that had actually opened up in Tomorrowland at Walt Disney World. Uh, that had replaced America the Beautiful, um, and that uh, the show featured an android called Nine Eye. Uh, she had nine eyes that represented the nine cameras used in filming uh, from time to time, um, which was in the, the theater. Um, so each one of her nine eyes was for one of the nine movie screens. So that's how she got her name. Uh, but what the, the, the show is, you, you travel back in time under complete control of the timekeeper. And what's great is the timekeeper was voiced by Robin Williams. So... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a neat attraction. You can actually still watch it on YouTube video if you want. I mean, you can't watch it in 360, but you can get a sense of what that attraction was. And Robin Williams is, I love his his voice acting in this ep, uh, in that show. It's it's fantastic. And uh, I, th- I think I remember, I don't remember seeing it when I was a kid, but I'm pretty sure we did go to it when I was, when I was younger. Um, but I, yeah, I just don't re- really remember much about it. So, so yeah, that opened up, but on the same day, um, the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience opened at Epcot. So that uh, opened up into the Journey Imagination and Future World, uh, and that actually replaced the Captain EO attraction, which I know a lot of people were probably mad about at the time, but yeah, it replaced Captain EO. Um, so Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was a spinoff of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, and it still featured Rick, Rick, Rick Moranis as Professor Wayne Zielinski. I love that ride. I remember going on that one when I was younger. I thought it was fantastic. It was so much fun. Uh, and I, I love the music that's behind it. It's uh, just such a such a great ride. And I, I actually do miss it. I wish it was still around. Um, but yeah, so both of those attractions, The Timekeeper and Honey, I Shrunk to Your Audience, open up on November 21st in 1994. And then the last, uh, the last bit here on November, just a day later, actually, on November 22nd in 1994, the All-Star, All-Star Music Resort opened up in Walt Disney World. Uh, and it's the second phase of what will be the four themed All-Star Resorts that are currently at Walt Disney World. Um, so uh, it's, I've actually never stayed there at the music before. Uh, I mean, I hear people like it. It's, it's, it's really good for value if you're just looking to like stay there if you're if you're not looking to spend too much going to Disney, you really need to save some money going to the music i heard uh is great uh i've never stayed at one uh but i heard people like music over like the movies and sports and stuff like that so but yeah so that opened up on november 22nd in 1994 so uh that actually ends the segment of this week's in disney parks history so maybe next week I'll have this back again. So the last thing we have on today's agenda, uh, we did get a couple questions in on Instagram uh, from a few of the listeners over there. Um, so 
before I always record the show, I put up an Instagram story post if there's anyone that wants to ask any questions. So if you can feel free to uh, answer or sorry, ask a question when I make that post. So if you're not following me on Instagram already, please do so. You can do it at XS Press Podcast. Uh, and then you'll be able to see that if you have any questions in the future. But if you have any questions, you can really reach out on all social media platforms on Facebook or Twitter. Or you can send me an email at excesspresspodcast at gmail.com. All right. So the first question we have today is from Carter over on Instagram. And he says, all of the new rides seem to be utilizing one of the new advanced ride formats like trackless or really immersive simulators. Do you think there will be another slow ride, a slow dark ride like Navi River Journey? Uh, so if you don't know what dark rides are, it's pretty much just like um, Snow White Scary Adventures or like the Little Mermaid ride where it's just like you're, you're traveling in a, in a, in a slow-moving vehicle around, um, uh, around the attraction. Um, so again, like the Navi River Journey, uh, that is a slow dark ride. Or even Pirates of the Caribbean, that's a slow dark ride as well. Um, so... Yes, to answer your question, I do think there will be more slow dark rides uh, in the future. Uh, Walt Disney World is meant for kids of all ages. Uh, all ages, they they know that they can't always create brand new e-ticket attractions. They they're they're going to need rides that the whole family can enjoy. Uh, and I mean, I think Navi River Journey catches some slack right now because it opened up at the same time as Flight of Passage. And I think people are expecting expecting it to be the same caliber because there are there are long lines for it right now. But I think in due time the wait times will drop for that. Um, and in my opinion, I'm not sure if this is true, but I think so. There is a new dark. Uh, there, sorry, there is a new ride coming to the France Pavilion in Epcot, uh, which is based on the movie Ratatouille. The ride is called Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. There hasn't been any information released on it just yet but i can bet you that it will be a dark ride attraction uh disney needs to make epcot a bit more kid friendly and making remy's adventure would be perfect um i mean disney they they've when they even first started making epcot which which is gonna kind of transition to my next story but they it was always kind of meant for adults so i think disney it still kind of is because people like to go and have the drink around the world and do all the stuff at Epcot. There's, they've they've removed a lot of stuff that were meant for kids. Like they had the edu edutainment, the education entertainment. Uh, it's just not there as much anymore. But uh, I feel like Disney is now realizing this, and they are will be bringing more kid friendly stuff. And I think that new Ratatouille ride will be a dark ride attraction. Uh, I I would bet on it. Um, so, so yes, I, I do think there will be more slark, slow dark ride attractions. All right. Well, Carter, thank you for that question. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So the next question uh, is uh, my our friend Andrew. He sent this over on Instagram as well. Uh, so he asked, how do Imagineers conceptualize and incorporate hid hidden Mickey's? So... So from what I found, Hidden Mickey's actually started as an inside joke between Imagineers uh, while designing Epcot in the late 70s and 80s. Uh, the Disney company actually wanted Epcot to be more of an adult park, which is kind of what I was saying before. And when Epcot opened, they decided to not have any Disney characters at the park. 
So because of that, the Imagineers started to incorporate hidden Mickeys throughout the attractions and stores throughout Epcot. But as time went on, guests wanted characters in Epcot, so Disney listened to them and they, they brought them into the parks. But, but now hidden Mickeys were a thing, so they couldn't just uh, stop doing that. So, but now you can find hidden Mickeys anywhere throughout the Disney resorts. Um, and from what I found that there actually is no official list of all the, the, the hidden Mickeys throughout Disney. It seems that the Imagineers and designers working on each project will incorporate their own hidden Mickey. Uh, and Disney doesn't really keep track of them. So it's actually hard to tell how the, um, the Imagineers conceptualize their hidden Mickey. Only they really know the answer to that. Um, it really comes down to, okay, where they want to place it. What, I don't know what they, what's, what is hidden to them? I mean, I don't know. It, it's tough to tell. Uh, it's, it's just, it's crazy to think that Disney doesn't keep track of them. It's just really pays. It, it really just seemed like it's based personally on that Imagineer or that designer. So yeah, I couldn't get too much information on it. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if that'll answer your questions, but I mean, I, that's how the, the hidden Mickeys were born. Uh, and yeah, it really just comes down to the artist of like how they want to incorporate, um, the hidden Mickey to their project. Uh, but a little fun fact is one of the biggest hidden Mickeys was actually when the Hollywood studios, uh, was first built. So if you, you can look it up online or I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but when Hollywood Studios was first built, if you look from a sky view, you'll see that uh, it's a big Mickey Mouse head with like the Chinese theater and how like um, some of the the uh, landscaping is. So you see that it's a big hidden Mickey from the sky. So, but now that construction has changed the landscape of the Hollywood Studios, it's it's not really there as much anymore. So. All right, well, Andrew, thank you for your question. I really appreciate that. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that's gonna kind of be it for this week's episode. Um, sorry for such a short show. It's there was very there's barely any news this week. Uh, so hopefully the show will last you until Wednesday when I drop the next interview with a cast member. Now, if you know anyone that's a the previous cast member at Disney or. If you would like to be on the show because you were a cast member, please reach out. Um, you can you can do so on all of my social media channels, which is uh, XS Press Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can shoot an email over to me at xspresspodcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, if you know anyone, have them reach out. I would love to have you on the show. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can check out our website over at xspress.com. And if you want, you can even contact me right through there. Uh, if you have any questions or if you'd like to be on the show or for anything, you can, you can respond uh, or you can contact me on the website. Uh, and again, you can shoot me an email if you like at xspresspodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on social media. We're very active on Instagram. Um, and then Twitter and Facebook, I'm, I'm pretty active on. I'm trying to get a little bit better at it. At, uh, at it. So, But yeah, you can follow us at xspresspodcast. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the XS Press Podcast signing off. 
Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.